You are listening to a no-show radio production. Mind your ears while we unpack the unusual. This is the strangest story I have ever heard. Take a seat, grab a drink, and listen to my words. tuning into first a podcast where two buds talk trash about how their favorite shows begin we're the two buds i'm alex and i'm spencer the other one and hey we made a mistake by we is probably our producer's fault but we meant to do a self-pick episode again but instead we'll say the theme what, what do we agree on humanities 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 so these are shows that we haven't watched that were kind of self-picked, kind of not. Spencer picked, for me, question mark, Star Trek The Next Generation. We had a conversation about it. I know, but they weren't a part of it. Oh, I know. I know. No, this was like way back when. <laughs> like when all this was being hashed out. Uh, and, you know. Okay. okay. No, okay. So we have <laughs> Star so Trek. One of us is watching TNG. One of us, question mark, is watching... Law and Order, but not Law and Order SVU, the Law and Order from 1990. Which is what it should have been. I just couldn't find Law and Order. By the way, guys, past conversation. I, we tried to record this a few weeks ago, and I messed up, and I watched Law and Order SVU thinking I was supposed to watch Law and Order. Couldn't find the regular Law and Order, so I watched SVU. It's, this episode is cursed, Spencer. It's cursed. Is this episode 13? Um, is it? No, it can't, th- it can't be. No, I don't think we would get that far. I think, I think this is like episode two. Whatever this episode is, uh, it's cursed. Cursed episode. Buckle up, it's gonna be fun. That's all I got for an intro. It was a hot mess. Spencer's watching Law and Order. I'm watching Star Trek Next Generation. Boy, we already howdy. watched and we're gonna talk about him now. Are you ready for it? <laughs> That's why you tuned in, guys, for this quality content. Spencer, tell me about Law and Order. It's, it's a cop show. <laughs> Oh, okay, moving on, got it. Moving on. Oh, it's a nerd show. Okay, moving on. (laughs) That's it. Thanks for tuning in to First. (laughs) Man, well, I guess I I should talk about Law & Order, unless you want to start. I can start. Uh, I mean, I I feel like I should start, because mine's longer. I almost went to two pages worth of notes for Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, Christ. And it's not because I had a lot of thoughts on it. It's because it's an hour and a half long pilot episode. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the only other episode I can think of off the top of my head that has a longer pilot than the rest of the show was Firefly. And so that's a good trend to, to continue, I guess. But, how, Spencer, how do you feel about shows that do longer pilots than the rest of the show? Do you give two shits? Does it affect you at all? Um, okay, so for, uh, for Buffy, I only watched half of that long pilot. I only watched... I remember pausing a lot during my first run through of Firefly going through their pilot. I think I had to watch the Star Trek pilot in two chunks. It seems like something that was really designed for this This premiere is going to be a big event and everyone's going to hang out on the couch and watch this movie together and then break off and watch the show as it comes out every week. And 
Yeah, I don't know. It does not translate anymore. It's not... Because <laughs> I think we make fun of a lot of pilots for, like, snap, 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 here's the plot. Mm -hmm. But like you said, those are, like, introductory movies, and they're a bit too slow for a pilot. They're not snappy at all, <laughs> but they're they're too drawn out, and it suffers. It, it wanes your interest on the show that could be... <laughs> I feel like this first episode, season one of Star Trek Next Generation, could be made into a movie. Like, that could be a next Hollywood hit, if they yeah, really wanted to. That's uh, that's what all the Star Trek movies kind of are. They're just really long, stupidly complicated episodes. And then, and then they get big Hollywood writers to come do it, and they fucking ruin all the characters, and it's great. <laughs> I can't wait to pick your brain more about, about bashing on Hollywood, because they deserve be great. it. I hate so, everything. Uh, it's a, did you it's see a they're talent, making a Mulan really. movie? I did see it. Man, that's gonna be great. I wonder why they're making that. Did you see that Lion King is getting poor reviews because it doesn't have any soul? What? What? What are you talking about? It's <laughs> it's just the same movie again with Seth Rogen. Why why would they hate it? Why would they why would they not like it? I am a hundred percent sure. Last episode we talked enough shit about Lion King. <laughs> Man. Just saying that the critics are now saying it's Lion King, but without the soul. And it's pretty, but it's not great. It's it's almost like when your corporate strategy is to just keep pumping out the same thing, but we've repainted it. Like, it's like, oh, here's a used fucking car, and oh, there's a bunch of rust on the bottom, we just fucking spray painted over it. It's like, because this new Milan movie, uh, Mushu, the Cricket, uh, Shen, and all of the songs are not going to be in it. It's just going to be a big kung fu fucking action movie. Uh, did you hear the reasoning, though? Did I hear what? The reasoning why they cut out like a lot of the songs and some of the characters. I have not heard their reasoning. I know a reasoning. What What did they say? They, Disney. The, the The big report is that they didn't want to be super cultural appropriative, and they wanted to be respectful of of the story and the culture in general. I'm like, okay, we'll see the movie. Hopefully that's true. Okay, so that's the thing. I don't believe that shit for a second. Mm -hmm. So a big thing is, uh, so in China, uh, the original Milan did not do so great because there was a lot of mysticism and crap in it because there's a talking dragon and ghosts and shit. <laughs> Those aren't okay in China. So China is like the biggest, like, movie the audience movie on the planet. Mm -hmm. They really, really, really like action movies. So now they're remaking Mulan without any of that fun crap that we Westerners liked. And it's gonna be a big action movie where Mulan, like, clears, like, like, she does, like, these fucking, like, four meter jumps through the air. Good. I'm excited. Great. I can't it, wait for a Mulan Kung Fu movie. Give it to me. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, I, I'm really all for them not making an offensive film, but I I don't think they're gonna make it not offensive. I think it's gonna be offensive in a lot of ways, but it's it's also gonna be like safe for the biggest audience on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I I think oh no. It's fine. It's they're coming fine. for all of them. Oh yeah. After Cinderella kicked off I'm like, wow, this did really well. They just, what, I think they have the Disney movies planned for the next 10 years as well at this point, so it's fine. And then they could just do them again. Yay! There's, there's no reason they can't just make four Aladdins in the next hundred years. <laughs> oh no. Well, you heard it here first, guys. On first. That's Spencer's prediction for Aladdin. Man.
It's it's fine. It's nothing new. I get it. Every every movie is a remake of an old French film or some shit. There's difference though. There's a difference. And Disney fucked everyone by pushing out the rights. What what is it? The creative licensing rights that lets characters grow old and become free free for everyone to use, like Alice in Wonderland, Sherlock Holmes. Yep. Damn it, Disney. Uh, so hey, can I go? Can I boldly go where no one's gone before? Is that a Star Trek quote? Probably. Stammered out in all glory. Look, I just want to talk about Star Trek Next Generation. All hour and 31 minutes of it. So a lot of my notes are like, wow, here's this character. So I wrote their character name down, and then I wrote a heart, just because everyone in the show is a total babe. So like my very first note is Captain's Log. Heart. So Captain's Log is a total babe. Um, I, I, I lied, I guess. Before we even get really into Star Trek, my dad and I recently sat down and started watching Discovery. And that was like my biggest exposure to Star Trek probably since the movies. When I was really little, I remember watching an episode or two with him. And the only reason I remember is because I would walk around my house with my headband over my eyes. So that way I could be, you know, that oh, one Naruto. guy. Naruto. Oh. No. Uh, that, that's our next episode. It's not. I'm never watching Naruto. You can't make me. I, I, for me, I'm like, reading Rainbow Guy. He has a name. It's first. Fuck it. It's first. I'm going to butcher everything in this. Star Trek nerds, get ready to be just mad mad throughout this entire i want to hear your fake names for all these people (laughs) this is the payback for buffy i'm sure (laughs) so starts with with our captain's log of course and i just want to say how the fuck has patrick stewart not aged since 1989 he is he is a fucking health freak with great genes bless him he's never gonna die so if you haven't seen star trek before usually it's an episode circling around them exploring space Try not to fuck with aliens, but maybe a little bit of fucking with aliens, depending on the captain. And But there's like the, the overall directive where they're not allowed to interact on certain levels, and that they're just there to make sure that the universe is safe and happy, and to explore and meet new people. It's super uplifting. That's why maybe Discovery isn't so great. It's very violent. <laughs> there's, there's probably a lot of reasons why Discovery isn't great. It's, we'll, we won't we'll talk get there. about it. We won't. If that's but, someone else's deal. <laughs> It's a whole other episode, a whole other podcast. So this captain has this new ship. Although I get the feeling he's not a new captain. Like he's been around a while, but the ship's new. And of course the ship is Enterprise, as we all have come to know. I feel like everyone knows the Enterprise. And his mission is to go to a new planet and to build a new starbase. Expand the corporation. And we see him move to the bridge. And that's when we start meeting our characters, the ones that matter. Because there's definitely a guy at Com who has no name. Doesn't have speak any lines and dies immediately. And of course, he's wearing a red shirt. Mm-hmm. There is a lady security chief, and she's a babe. She's mm-hmm. up there for Battlestar Galactica Starbuck for me. Um, same person in my book. Beautiful, wonderful people. And as they are like introducing the characters, and you meet Mind Wave Lady, and you meet who else is on the on the bridge there? Spencer, you tell me because you definitely watch this. I'm sure my notes are not nearly as good as they should have been. That's what. Oh, there's a bunch of fucking dorks. Uh, oh, I mean, we have we have wrinkle forehead. We have yep. um, God. Who's who else is meeting the calm? Why can't I picture them at the moment? It doesn't matter. The show doesn't start till Riker shows up. But the they're like, ha ha! Wow, <laughs> this is great. We're we are a, a team, and wow, look at us being cheeky together. And then almost immediately, as they're traveling through space, they see a force field, and they're like, oh, this is bad. We can't go through this. And then. Some rando Shakespearean dude is just on the bridge, transports himself in there. Mm-hmm. And this, this thing is called Q. 
and I'm going to say, again, as someone who has seen very little Star Trek, I've, even I was like, hmm, Q sounds familiar. As the story unfolds, I'll tell you who Q is. But he is talking shit with the captain, with Picard, being like, oh yeah, humans are animals. But, you know, time travels so so differently. And what, me and my Shakespearean outfit isn't good enough for you? Let me change again. And then he's like, 50s style soldier trying to talk. And Picard's like, hey, you dummy. That was four centuries ago. That's not even close to where we're at right now. Anyway, so Q and Picard flirt a lot. And eventually, uh, Q's like, hey, uh, you need to pay for all the sins of your fellow humans. And Picard's like, nah, don't wanna. You, you know, you're not our judge. You're not a, a peer person. You can't damn us for the events of past history. And he's like, judge, what a great idea. Talk to you soon, babe. Wink. And he pieces out. So they're like, well, okay. We could try to outrun this crazy, crazy alien who clearly means for- force and harm to us. Or we could go home. So we're definitely going to engage with the alien and run away so that way we can still get to this planet. Smart choice. They are running in their ship, warping away. And wow, the alien's really fast. And traveling in his own little orby thing. He's too fast. So they decide to do an emergency disengage. Wrinkle Forehead has to go with the other part of the ship. They separate out. And uh, apparently Enterprise can separate out. That's cool. Uh, when it's separated, though, the, the, the combat area part of the ship definitely looks like a Firefly class. So that means Joss Whedon stole another thing for Firefly. To the surprise of nobody. Firefly is just a big pile of, like, dragon's loot. It's a <laughs> bunch of shit that looks really cool in all of its stolen property. Uh, oh, oh, when they're evacuating, though, because of course the ship just doesn't have just crew on it. It has just rando civilians. Yeah. Because it's a fucking ship and they're in space. And I guess that's just what they do. Is they, I've never gotten a clear answer whether civilians on the ship. Like, on, I feel like on any Discovery or Discovery, on any Star Trek. It's um, like, there's just, there's just civilians there hanging out. So in the first series, which is no good, even though everyone likes Leonard Nimoy, the whole first series, it's just not good. Anyone mm-hmm. who tells you that it's worth watching is a liar. Um, and, and those, those are just, you know, not my opinions or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like a more military vessel. They're all, they're all capable of warfare. They're all part of like, they're not really a military so much as they are like a sort of just coalition of, of all these races working together. Well, they're like a diplomacy group, right? Like they're, yeah, they're really so, not meant to go kill people. Yeah, they're definitely not. So the whole point of Star Trek is don't kill people unless you really, really have to. And even then, do it in a way where you don't kill a lot of people and then be remorseful about it later, which is a discovery complaint. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so anyway, because, um, okay, so First Enterprise is way smaller. This is a big goddamn ship. There's a mall on board. Like, it's, um... Is this Stranger Things? basically this so this whole <laughs> ship is like a majorly like scientific diplomatic vessel with like they have like artists and experts from all over just living on the ship and exploring around and just like bringing their expertise wherever they go so there's like schools on board there's like a fully like there's kids there's all these alien races it's like it's not just a military vessel like it uh it's it's super scientific exploration bringing our alliance culture to everyone we meet and it's like super charming and cool and they again can detach and like send all the civilians to safety when they have to do cool shit (laughs) sometimes the writers forget that sometimes Sometimes. the writers forget that there's civilians on board 
Well, okay, the reason I even pointed out is because they were doing this evacuation scene, and very first episode, 1989, there is a man in a dress uniform. Like, like a, like a, I would say a lady's uniform. It's not, it's a dress. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that was a super quick shop. That's really cool. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Star Trek's always been super progressive. I have a lot to say. By a lot, I have a few bullet points to say about that once I get through this fucking huge episode. So mm-hmm. they separate out and the way team, which is security officer, mind wave lady, captain, uh, a new calm guy who is who I know is the calm guy, but I don't know his name either. And there's fucking another person but it doesn't matter data oh i'm an idiot it's data like the one character i actually know the name of data's there the whole time coolest character in the entire show fight me he's the best he's the best he's the best and they're all they're the quote-unquote away team and they're like okay well they're going too fast we have to surrender so they surrender and they get transported into a room that is this worst it's a mel brooks history of the world style retelling of history i guess that's my best explanation it's like there's World War II shit around. There's these people around who kind of look like medieval peasants. It just is a lot of history mashing together. The two people who are running the court are in Eastern, like, dynasty-style clothing. And then we see the judge, who is Q, of course, make a grand entrance. And his, it's like this 90s, if Lady Gaga was in the 90s, she would have worn this outfit. Yup. Fucking bright orange, this giant necklace on a floating chair with a spotlight down a long hall as he makes this extra ass uh, fucking entrance. And he's like, okay, I'm your judge. Let's do this. And Picard's like, so this is going to be fair, right? He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. We're not going to get hurt? Nah. No, not until you're said guilty. Sounds great. Guess what? All that shit gets broken immediately. As soon as possible. Picard is trying to talk his way and be clever. And Q's like, no, 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 get all of this legal trickery the fuck out of here. I don't want it. I just want to hear my beautiful voice. And, you know, they, they go back and forth. And finally, Picard is able to say, hey, well, I, um, I don't agree to any of these charges, but give us a test to prove that we aren't those people anymore. And Q's like, huh, babe, you're so smart. Let's do this. Let's do a test. Let's do a little puzzle. Let's do a little Sudoku. That'll prove it. And dismisses them off the court. They're back in their ship. And they're like, oh, no, this is bad. Because he didn't tell us what the puzzle is, but it gave some kind of jibe of like, I hope you're as clever as you think you are. Fucking Q. So then we like cut scene to Riker, because again, he's the real, he's the main character of the show. I've just decided. He is. And he's there on this other planet where they're going to be picking him up, where they're trying to build the starbase. And he's talking to Groppler Zorn, Zarn, Groppler, who seems to be the leader of this little planet. And he's like, I really hope you guys decide to build a starbase here. He's like, we'll see. Hey, do you want some fruit? Hands him a bowl of fruit. Oh, there's no apples here, though. Oh, that's a shame. And they look over, and there's suddenly a bowl of apples. That's weird. I don't remember that being there. Oh, it happens sometimes, I guess. Hands him the apples. Riker's like, okay, thanks. I'll talk to you later, I guess. Bye. And as soon as he leaves the room, Groppler starts talking to himself like a crazy person about how you can't do that, and that that's not allowed, and that you'll ruin the surprise. Something. Evil's afoot? I don't know. Grappler did not give me great, great vibes. Uh, I listed him as the Billy Crystal from Princess Bride. <laughs> that's that's the kind of character he seems like to me. And so this this place, I, I don't remember the planet, but the city name is called Firepoint, which I also remember thinking, wow, that sounds a lot like Borderlands. So this is cool. Riker goes about his business and he catches up with one of the other soon-to-be new employees of Enterprise, who's Dr. Crusher, Wesley's mom. That's really her main role, I'm sure, is being Wesley's mom. 
Wesley played by Will fucking Wheaton. Who has seen my face, Spencer? Have I ever told you that? Will Wheaton has seen my face? Oh no. Yeah, no. So back in Geek and Sundry days, when they were like first kicking off, they did this Father's Day thing. Where they're like, hey, send us a video talking about your dad. And like the top five people will feature on our website. And so I did a video about how much I love my dad. Because I love my dad. And Will Wheaton like, did a thing. Like, oh yeah, I watched all of these. They're really good videos. I was part of the selection team process. Woo! And like, you can find my face out there. Geek and Sundry, Father's Day. Uh, so I have that claim to fame. That I'm sure he would recognize me on a dime. If I was, if, I, if we were face to face. He's like, wow, you made a really good Father's Day video when you were like 19. I would say thank you, Will Wheaton. I wouldn't fucking hate that guy. What the fuck? Why? Weird smarmy piece of shit. No, what the fuck? Fucking you defend yourself. Goddamn degenerate. Defend yourself, sir. Fucking everyone hates Will Wheaton. What are you talking about? Why do why? I thought why you were being sarcastic. No. Why do you hate Will Wheaton? Why do you like him? Why do you hate him? Wesley's like the everyone fucking hates Wesley because he's played by Will Wheaton. He gets fucking trashed for it all the time. For we're, playing we're a kid in a about, show? We'll talk about this later. We'll talk okay. about this later. Right. I'm only through like the first 20 minutes of the episode, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my best to fucking fly through this. So, uh, let's see here. Riker is trying to talk to Dr. Crusher and be like, uh, I think something weird's happening. And she's like, you're just trying to impress the new captain. Fucking get good, scrub. I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> and then we see reading Rainbow, Babe with the sunglasses, uh... Again, that's like the only thing connection. So they're like, ah ha ha, we can't wait to join Enterprise and start this whole new exploration trip. Great. So they beam up to Enterprise and they're like, wow, Riker, can't wait for you to be the first command. I already kind of hate you. But uh, how about you catch up on everything that you missed? And so they literally sit him in front of a screen with, <laughs> with clips from the episode from the last 20 minutes. But like no context. It's just like these really short snippets from when they were on the bridge. And it's not even, like, the whole conversation. It's just like, oh, yeah, here's Q. Here's a cute line. Here's this. I'm like, is anyone going to explain it to him? And they don't. He finishes watching the movie and comes back to Picard. And I was like, oh, so that's a little adventure, huh? It's like, how do you have any context of what's going on besides this clip episode you just saw? I don't he know. doesn't. Will Riker <laughs> just, fu- like, he, he doesn't need his brain. He just follows his dick everywhere. <laughs> I I don't know. I um I, I'll get to it. Okay. So uh, Captain is a bit of a dick to Riker, which kind of makes sense. They later on have a conversation about. So um I heard that you disobeyed your commander. Well, yeah, he was gonna do something that harmed him. Maybe you should have trusted him. Is that your job to question? Yeah, but it's my job to keep you guys safe. So I'm gonna keep you guys safe. All right, sounds good. Hey, uh, can you make sure that I look like a family man? Cause I really fucking hate kids. Apparently Picard hates fucking kids, can't stand them. And he's yep. asking Riker to be like, hey, can you make sure I don't make a giant asshole out of myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, Cap, no problem. Beautiful. There is a really long scene because Captain's like, hey, can you go reconnect the ships now that it's safe for us to join back up together? Sir, I think you can do it. Go on. Okay. And it's like, there's no conversation besides Riker giving directions, like very limited, negative three degrees. Okay, I'll let the inertia do the rest of the job. And it's like a two-minute-long clip of this ship coming back together. And everyone, like, looking at each other, like, wow, Riker's the best. I just... The only thing I can imagine is that there was a lot of early CGI in it. So I think they were probably trying to show off the the money they had for the show. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, I don't don't get it. Like, if that's supposed to be just a really basic thing people can do, which is what makes it... It sounds like that anyone could fucking, with the training, could do that. 
And they're all just like, wow, our hero. That's because he's it's, a fucking it's babe. It's really hard to do it without the computers doing the job for you. And he just like kind of like plays it, like just kind of eyeballs it and does it. You're supposed to have like, like, because I think they do that is like, I think Picard is like putting him through his paces. Because I think it's like, we could just have the computers do this. But I want you to like manually put these ships together. And Riker just kind of sits there and eyeballs. He's like, yeah, just turn a little. Yeah, pivot. Pivot. Yeah, you're good. Pivot. Pivot. Oh. Oh, we haven't gotten a Friends reference in a while. Thanks. So let's see here. We have some... There's a scene with the Admiral between him and Data that has no purpose. He doesn't come up the rest of the fucking episode at all. It's like, oh, hey, here's this character. I'm sure he comes back later on. Uh, but that's Probably. I don't remember him. <laughs> Uh, but as it, it's like, oh shit, we said we'd do this for an hour and a half. We need a 10 minute filler. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Same time, it's like five minutes. And I, you get a little bit of lore, right? It's like the Admiral's looking at Data after Data's showing off how much he knows. And he's like, well, you don't look like a Vulcan. Well, it's because I'm an android. That's almost as bad. And they kind of like talk about Vulcan relationships a little bit. And then of course there's the casual sexism of, hey, treat your ship like a lady and she'll always take you home. It happens. I, I, I know that we always refer to our, our vehicles as she's and ladies. I don't know. In 1989. Then let's see what else we have. Moving on. They finally hear word from Q. Q's like, hey, babe, you up? Yeah, buddy, what's up? You have 24 hours to prove to me you weren't savages. But that's not how we do things. Better figure it out. Bye. Peace is out again. Okay. What is Mindwave Lady's name? Mindwave Lady. Yeah, you know, the one that can feel things. (laughs) With her fingers? Yeah, you know. (laughs) No, okay. I say mind wave just I'm like, okay, she's part some kind of alien that can like feel shit, like emotions and nonsense. I have Diane. is a counselor. It's definitely a counselor, but then I think Troy, and then I thought I heard Diane, but I thought Diane Troy was also Wonder Woman. My nerd cred is going out the window the more I talk. So anyways, uh, lady with big hair finally gets to meet quote unquote Riker in the hallway. They've totally banked. It's so obvious. There's just something going on. They're like, wow, there's a lot of eye fucking happening right there in front of the captain. The captain's like, yeah, okay. Glad you guys know each other. Yeah, about that. And she can like talk to him in his brain, I guess. And you get the yeah, impression that maybe- a, tele- like, she's, she's a so mind she's wave like, lady. <laughs> yeah, she's half whatever her race is, which means that she can't like take over people's minds or like, completely read their thoughts because that would be busted and ruin the show her mom can do that but her mom is like thirsty for it so all she does is like read guys' brains and be like wow your dick's your dick's huge it's like (laughs) a complete abuse of that power i don't know that sounds like the perfect reason to use that power oh hey okay spencer before i continue on at this point we have seen all the uniforms we've seen red blue and gold Mm -hmm. if you were on starfleet what division would you be a part yellow Yellow for sure. Yep. What would you do? Um, I would I would do Data's job. Oh, okay. So it's yeah, okay. So they the colors switch around a lot. Hold on. Cause I I, I know blue is usually science. Blue typically stays science. It's like the things that encompass red sometimes switch around between mm-hmm. like whether they like belong to red or yellow. Mm-hmm. Cause let's see. Um so I got the vibe that like yellow was mechanic screen time. So that I guess because um, Scotty wears red, doesn't he? Scotty wears red because um back so back in the day, um It doesn't matter, it's not this series. I so you'd be yellow. You what what would your job be? Well my job be? I would do navigations. Navigations, okay. Yep. Cool. 
I'm glad that you had that so quick. I was either like, he's either definitely thought about it or he's never thought about it. Yep. No, that's the thing. I'm, I'm a logistics nerd, not a science nerd. Fair. Like I can, I can sit there and look at maps and plan things for the ship and do math, but I'm not going to like go like mix things in a lab. That's boring as shit. I want to fly the ship. (laughs) I want to do nerd math that makes the ship move. Let's see. God, guys, I'm sorry. This episode, like, describing it, it's it's rough. It sounds like a fuck. like, the way you're describing it makes it sound like a fucking arc in Monster Prom. (laughs) Like. Yeah, you're not wrong. I just, there's, they're trying to introduce so many characters, and, like, there's so many, like, little mini scenes. That, like, this next scene that happens, they they go down, and they talk to Grappler, and Mind Wave Lady's like, ooh, there's pain here. And then they leave again. <laughs> That's it. Because they realize they need data, so they go back to find data. And data's in the hollow deck, which is also in the woods area. And this is the point where I start shipping Riker and data, by the way. Because freaking data's sitting there trying to whistle Pop Goes the Weasel and can't quite get there. So Riker helps him out. And then data's like, wow, humans do that so easily. And they continue to talk about the difference between androids and humans. And Riker's like, I'm a little nervous that you're a monster, a monster, that you're you're a machine. He's like, that's okay. You're only human. You can't help it. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, so you're saying you're better than me? Oh, I most definitely am. But I would give up all my superiority to be human. And then Riker is like, okay, cheeky smile, Pinocchio. I'm like, oh God, I, mm, I, I like them. I like them. I like that friendship already a lot. It's good stuff. And There's, that's it. Yep. That's so, like, that's the fucking yeah. mini scene. Oh no. And then Wesley shows up out of fucking nowhere. It's like, wow, <laughs> misters. Golly gee. Can I go skip this- it across these rocks? No, that one's loose. He just fucking biffs it into this very shallow river. Dana <laughs> comes running across and lifts him up by his shirt collar and looks at it and he's just like, wow, golly gee. You wanted to say something before I keep forcing this conversation. I, I was going to talk about a different episode, but I forgot about how fucking... <laughs> How fucking lame Wesley is through the whole goddamn show. So, Wesley, like, the next scene uh, is that he's bullying his mom. He's like, mom, 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 I want to go on the deck. Mom, or not the deck, I want to go on the bridge. Mom, mom, can I go on the bridge? Mom, bridge, mom, bridge. Uh, that's against captain's orders. But mom, bridge, please. I, I want to step out of the elevator. Mom, he's being a fucking kid. Mom's like, okay, we'll work on it. And that, that scene, like, there's just, like, these weird scenes that don't, like, the pacing's fucking weird, because it's 1989, and they're trying to fill an hour and a half of this show. The team goes back down to Firepoint with Data, and they find this weird tunnel area that's, like, made of unknown origin, and Windwave Lady is sitting there suffering, because of the pain, the pain is so bad, and everything's so unhappy, this is awful. And Riker's like, it's okay, you could open up that third eye of yours. And she's like, it kind of sucks. And he's like, you better do it, bitch. She's like, okay. And does it, and like collapses. <laughs> um, and that's that scene, I guess. Uh, so, back on the ship, uh, we see Wesley in the elevator, the turbo lift, and the mom steps out. And Captain's like, there's no kids here. He's technically not on the bridge, he's in the elevator. Oh, but I know you. I delivered your dead husband to you. I knew him very well. Yeah, I remember. Anyways, they invite the kid onto the bridge. He's like, don't touch anything, but you can sit in the captain's chair. Turns out Wesley knows a shit ton about Starfleet operations. Mm-hmm. Pisses the captain off. He's like, oh, hey, by the way, captain, there's something in the perimeter. And captain's like, what? Get the fuck out of here. You yeah, okay. And they skid out a loft. And then someone else, Worf, that's wrinkle forehead. He's like, yep, going on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I do know most of the names. <laughs> uh, and he's like, Captain, there's something in the perimeter. Just like the kid said. Wah! And 
anyways, uh, so turns out this big alien ship comes around and starts blowing the shit out of this rando planet on Firepoint. But it's like avoiding the fancy, luxurious place. And instead is blowing up the shitty old run downtown from the people that helped build the city, I guess. Mm-hmm. And again, our away team is down there. It's, is it Gordy? Jordy. That one I do need help with because I, I know how it's spelled. Jordy LaForge. Jordy, thank you. Jordy, uh, Mindwave Lady. <laughs> uh, Chief Security Officer, Riker, Data. Away team have, have been down there on the planet. They send away three of them. It's only Riker and Data left. And they're like, wow, Captain, this shit's bad. How bad? Very bad. Continue to blow shit up, and then they actually get kind of blown up. Anyways, they get knocked over. They're a little dusty. And, oh, I lost my track of my notes. Let's see. I'm close. Guys, I'm so fucking close to the end of this episode. So close. They're examining the ship. I'm like, weird. The ship has, like, no life signs or anything like that. That's that's weird. Okay, cool. Let's see if we can transport some people over. But first, let's check back in with our away team. They get up. They dust themselves off. They go to kidnap Groppler. Groppler's like, no, save me. And gets transported away. Turns out he gets transported to the non- sentient ship because it's definitely non-sentient of course so they go over to the ship and they find groppler being tortured by an alien life force of this weird murky purple cloud thingy at this point q shows back up and he's like hey you could just blow up that ship prove me right blow up that ship no i don't think we need to and he shows up and commander fucking red takes a seat in the commander's chair it's so dramatic so silly and he locks up all of the ship's Operation systems. So they can't do anything. They can't rescue their people as the ship starts to react and seems like it's going to fly away or maybe blow up. Who knows? They don't know because they don't know the ship. The ship itself transports back the crew. And it turns out the ship is a sentient thing and it's a giant space jellyfish that can create stuff out of nothing. It's just like, hey, what's up? You want a slushy? Here's a fucking slushy. That's what I do. So his... Actually, I lied. I guess we don't have genders. These space alien forces don't have genders. What happened was the people down at Firepoint found this thing's mate. And we're like, oh, you're starving. Our planet has a lot of energy for you. You can eat it. But only enough for you to like kind of be around, but not enough to escape. So that way you can keep creating stuff for us, like all the food and the luxury, because we really like that. Uh, so Captain Carr's like, mm, this is a bunch of bullshit. So he helps free the other space jellyfish which was on the planet and this is the thing where i'm going to say gender not existent not existent because again they're fucking space jellyfish who care what the gender are however the one that came to avenge the one that got captured was pink and the one that was captured was blue and 1989 that still meant that was a boy jellyfish and that was a girl jellyfish girl jellyfish was a pissed off girlfriend that's like where the fuck did you go and went on a rampage to go rescue her boyfriend fucking feminism <laughs> uh so then, then captain card's like okay yeah uh we don't fucking want to be anywhere near this. We're outie. And managed to do this whole thing without killing anybody. And Q's like, all right, you got me this time. But don't you think I'm going anywhere for long? I'm leaving the ship, not because you told me, but because I want to. Bye, babe. We'll talk soon. He pieces out. And that's the fucking episode. That's it. I got there. There's a lot of shit that happened. A lot of it not important. Like, I literally feel like the whole, the whole episode was in the last 15 minutes. But they were introducing all the characters and interactions and what it's going to be like on the ship and the life and all that jazz. So I get it. I, I, I get it. Question mark. Um, did I miss anything important, Spencer, from that episode? Nope. That episode is a weird one because it's it's like reestablishing Star Trek. And the original Star Trek was always like, oh, we ran into this weird monster. And we're going to we have to figure out a smart way to get around it. And this show really focuses more on what they try to establish and they do it a lot better come season two is 
we're going to encounter weird problems that are representative of, like, these massive, massive dilemmas in modern time, and we're going to debate them as we try to solve these sci-fi problems. So, like, um, they, they deal with depression, they deal with, uh, they deal with transgenderism to some extent, they deal with, like, becoming, like, crippled, mm -hmm. and, like, how to coax with that. They deal with assisted suicide, they deal with, uh, the idea of euthanizing old people. <laughs> The, the, my favorite episode is 208, and I don't uh, remember the numbers of any episode, but I know Star Trek The Next Generation 208 is my favorite. So, this is not Prometheus. There are not just androids everywhere. Mm -hmm. It is so fucking hard to mechanically replicate a human brain. That is, that is, like, even for Star Trek, that is sci-fi nonsense. Like, how could you ever do it? And one guy managed it, and he made data, and they found data, and they woke him up, and they made him a Starfleet officer because he was really capable and smart, and he can, like, go around now and learn all these new things, and they're gonna study him and figure him out. 208, this guy comes aboard, and he's like, Hey, I'm a cool big dick scientist, man. I just got my, my PhD in robotics, and I'm, like... 80% sure that if I took apart your friend Data, I could make, like, a version of him for every single, like, ship in Starfleet. And the higher-ups are like, holy shit, that's awesome! Because you can just have, like, this super cool computer dude that knows everything do all the fucking work! Mm -hmm. Like, imagine how goddamn useful that would be. Like, we could just man ships like this, and then, like, people wouldn't have to die in battle. Like, that's crazy. And... Picard is like, but no, you actually can't because uh, Data's my best friend. And they're like, oh, well, no, actually, he's Starfleet property. So we're going to take him, we're going to dismantle him. And Picard's like, uh, no, see, he's not property because he's a fucking person. And, like, he's my best friend and you're not taking him. He's part of my crew, fuck off. And then they get an admiral to come in. And it's like, boys, boys, stop fighting. Data's property, we're going to disassemble him because he's a robot. And I don't know what you're doing, Picard. And there is a trial. There is a trial where Picard um, has to debate what it is to be human, and he has to make an entire, like, room of, like, these, like, bigwigs that are just, like, they have the idea that if they do this, they could, like, re-envision Starfleet, so they're not gonna back down from this, and he has to convince them, but you can't do it because Data's a person, and what they end up having to do in order to make the trial fair is that they have Will Riker present as the prosecutor so it's will Riker who is really good friends with data and has like really good interactions with data now because he is ordered to and because he is a good officer i don't like him but he's a good officer and he follows orders now Riker has to stand in front of everyone and try to basically convince in a court of law that his friend here is just a toaster Ooh, and there's nothing more to him than that and that like Blah, blah, blah. And it's a really, really, really good episode. Well, I have no doubt I'll watch it when I was watching this episode. So um, maybe worth saying for the audience, sometimes, at least I'll speak for myself, maybe not for you. Watching these shows and the amount of detail I'm paying attention, it's different than just sitting and watching like a fun show. Because mm -hmm. I'm taking a shit ton of notes and I'm trying to make sure like I capture everything. I don't want to miss anything important. Making like lore connections. Who the fuck do I know them from? But what I got really excited for was after finishing episode one, I, I was watching, I'm like, man, 
I can't wait till my semester starts when I'm studying homework and I can have this on in the background. Like, I'm really excited to keep it's watching it. It's so good for that. Like, th this is definitely, like, a philosophical show, but it's, like, drawn out. So it's not like you have to be listening to every single word. And, and they're, they're goofy episodes. They're episodes where a dude teleports aboard the ship and he looks like a fucking Shakespeare weirdo. And it's, like, clearly some dude that they just dragged out of, like, the local community theater. <laughs> like, Hugh is not a great character. The first episode is a weird one. It really is it's... a movie. What I just described to you guys was a fucking movie. Yeah. And that's, like, that's why describing it was so hard and long. Star Trek is a hard one to pin down, because there's so much to it. But then it's, like, so the reason people love it is because it's so expansive and you can find whatever you're looking for within it somewhere like in one of the series you will find something that you identify with like the people who don't identify with this will maybe identify with the movies or discovery or they'll go back to the old series or like blah 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 because there's a lot of star trek mm -hmm. but even tng it's my favorite but it's really hit or miss there are bad episodes there's there's an episode where the whole thing is like like uh fucking Picard is like, okay, I have to take, like, a court-mandated vacation. And Riker's like, oh, yeah, you should go to this fucking beach planet. And and he's like, oh, yeah? And he's like, yeah, I'll give you my special necklace. And it's Picard going down there, and then he finds out that, like, the necklace that fucking Riker gave him is basically a giant fucking beacon that says that you're DTF. Like... Oh, oh. <laughs> and so it's oh, it's Riker. Picard navigating this fucking resort full of hot babes trying not to get laid and then there's like a there's like a like an artifact heist going on that he's trying to like solve there's episodes where they go into the hollow deck which is like you can just holographically make whatever you can you can make a stream for Wesley to fall into and it's just like Hey, boot up Sherlock Holmes. Oh, we got trapped in it. Now Data is Sherlock Holmes and we have to beat the computer. And it's like, it's stupid. I love it's it. It's great. Hey, hey, Spence, uh, if you went to the holodeck, what would you make? Um, where where would you want to go to? Porn. I would close it off for like an hour and it would just be <laughs> porn. It would, it would, like, I... The so speed that, at which you had that, Spencer. Holy shit. <laughs> so that, that's, that's a character. That's a whole character in the show. He's like this, like, shitty depressed engineer and like there's like five episodes in the show where they have to pull this dude out of the fucking hollow deck because he goes in there and he like he plays up like these weird fucking like beta fantasies where he like he kicks the shit out of all the chads on the ship like Riker and then Troy comes and makes out with him a bunch and they're like dude go do your fucking job like <laughs> You're you're an engineer. We're under attack. What are you doing, you fucking sicko? Getting laid. And it's like it's his whole character arc is that he just like disappears into the hollow deck. It just like blah That's blah awesome. blah. And there's like God, it's oh, it's it. There's there's a lot. There's it's Star Trek. Like you can just make food. Like there's replicators where you just like you type in chocolate chip cookies and it just makes chocolate chip cookies for you. And it's like. They no longer, like, they call it the enslavement of animals. Like, we no longer do that. We no longer, like, we no longer have to cultivate food of any kind. Like, we can let the environment do its thing, and we don't have to, like, enslave it to, to build farms or to build ranches or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's within, because all of your needs are sort of taken care of, everyone sort of gets, like, a stipend. Like, everyone is getting paid a little bit. But, like, for the most part, you don't need money to live. Like, you just have food, typically. Like, if you have a job, you have shelter. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's not 
communism. It's definitely not capitalism. It's like just there are no more needs anymore, at least for Starfleet. And then you go to these other worlds that are just like, holy shit, what happened here? So it's, oh god, there's just so much weird sci-fi crap that lets you tell so many different stories. Like, it's not always just them flying around. Sometimes it's everyone on the ship is horny all of a sudden. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Data's walking around and people are getting thirsty for him because he's a robot. He's like a hot robot. And, and he's like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. Oh. I forget I like sci-fi <laughs> until I see good sci-fi. So do I. And, and that's like, I hear people who are just diehard sci-fi fans. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. And then I watched it like Next Generation. And I'm like, no, yeah, like this was enjoyable. I, I see why people are diehard for it. I just, I oh, can't yeah. quite get to the diehard level. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, I have, I have two points for closing out uh, Star Trek Next Generation, but continue. No, as far as like sci-fi fandoms go, because they are like hardcore. And I get this thing where I pretend like I hate Star Wars but then I, like, go back and I'll just, like, read one of my many, many Star Trek comics. I'll be like, oh, that was the coolest fucking thing. Remember when Boba Fett told Vader that he had a son? Remember the, oh my god. It, like, that's the thing. Good sci-fi is great. And I think, again, not all of Star Trek is great. A lot of it's yeah. bad. It, like, you know, because there were, what, nine fucking seasons of, like, Next Generation alone. And, like... You have all these different writers, and they have, like, different opinions about what Star Trek is. So, like, if you go off of, like, no, Star Trek is TNG. It's scientists floating around space, like, scientists and diplomats trying to solve problems and think about the world and blah, blah, blah. And then you have, like, Voyager, where it's Janeway trading, like, world-ending fucking, like, weapons of mass destruction to the Borg because she's a goddamn war criminal. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. There's a lot. There's Deep Space Nine, where Worf is still around, I guess. I never saw that. I'm not a big Star Trek fan. I like this. I like TNG. That's that's my exposure to it. I was gonna say, like, do you like Star Wars or Star Trek more? So that's hard, because, like, I was talking about the other day. I think, I think it's sci-fi. Star Trek is just better. Star Wars is a lot of, like, like, just go with it. And now, especially, like, with the new canon, there's, like, a lot of old stuff that, like, really explains stuff away but now it's been like directly contradicted so it's like who knows how it works it's magic and honestly star wars it has ships and shit but it's sort of just fantasy it's i think it's more fantasy than sci-fi like because mm -hmm. the sci-fi doesn't really get explanation in a lot of the big media it gets enough to be like relevant to like this is how we would stop this or this is what we need to get the ship moving um and eventually that kind of piled into sci-fi through the canon but like a lot of it is is knights and wizards and soldiers and fighters and rogues going around the galaxy and like fighting big monsters and and like it's it's fantasy it's it's an like a good versus evil adventure mm -hmm. with magic as the big driving factor um and i think i like that more but star trek is I like TNG more than I like most Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so I, I didn't really have a huge word I know them from segment. Again, my, our poor audience, if you haven't seen the first episode of Next Generation, I kind of skimmed through it because I feel like if you've seen some episodes, you've seen most episodes of Next Generation, yeah. right? Like, yep. <laughs> I assume you know who the characters are, even if I'm being a, an asshole about the names gargoyle in the library from the buffy episode but 
still like randomly get mad about that it's fine uh but no so like the only thing i really wanted to talk about was q and again maybe in like all right q q q q and it's weird that like i had such a reaction to something that i really have no connection to and it, i i just had to realize i looked it up like okay so q is actually a fairly prominent character it's not just a one-time character he comes back a few times sometimes comes back a lot to like antagonize people sometimes he needs their assistance sometimes he, he's in the movies like he's around a lot so, okay so it's not crazy that I, I would have some kind of connection to the name q but then spencer do you want to know where i know q from where do you know him from he voiced discord and my little pony friendship is magic I bet he did. <laughs> there, like, there, there's, there are moments where I feel like you're watching, you're watching Star Trek and you're just flipping through random episodes and like, you're just seeing where it goes and it's on autoplay on Hulu. And it's like this, this episode starts off normal and then you hear Q's voice and it's like Picard just kind of looks to the camera and it's like, <laughs> this is a Q episode. Like, <laughs> like, make your decision now. This is a Q episode. It's, Miss me, babe? Oh, no. Yep. It's like, okay, guys, like, pick your side. You can skip to the next one or you can, you can <laughs> wait it out. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch more of it. Uh, you, you touched on how progressive it was, too. In case you didn't know, they were one of the first, uh, the, the first TV show to feature an uh, interracial kiss. Yep. They have always been multicultural, so they've always been mindful of the kind of cast they've hired what kind of ethnicity they've been they've been awesome about putting minorities in power uh particularly again you think people of color but also uh, women they, they did a really good job putting women in power when that wasn't a thing that happened oh, back yeah. then like in 68 so article or two i read that i resonated the most is that star trek really represents hope for just a better future in general Mm-hmm. And they had a, an episode where they sent, again, it sent out a message of hope during the AIDS epidemic. And like they address what it's like to, what, what, how we could affect the AIDS epidemic and how we can change our views and our perspectives. They didn't really, they've never given two shits about politics. They had Chekhov in the middle of the fucking Cold War. Like, you, Cold War was happening. Like, yeah, we're going to put a Russian over here who's a good guy. Like, yep. they, they have never given a single fuck about what politics say is cool and kosher they've always been about humanity and oh, yeah. just don't be a fucking dick and so that's like part of my biggest beef when people are on discord or discord on when people talk about discovery and they're like oh my god the pocs oh my god all the women it's like have you never seen a fucking episode yeah, even i no. who who have haven't seen a fucking episode have always known star trek is very progressive so if you <laughs> don't fool yourself it has been yeah no, and I, I think that's a big problem when it comes to, like, debating Discovery, is that there are a lot of people who have never fucking seen Star Trek before, apparently, and they complain, like, like, oh, Lady Captains? It's like, we've, we've done that. We've done that many times before. Like, this isn't, this isn't new to us. Like, the, but then it's like, they're, they're complaining and they're bitching because that's the climate today. Mm -hmm. And, and like, there's a point where it's like you don't know why you're bitching, but you see that thing that you know that your group doesn't like, so you start writing articles about it without, like, really... Critical thinking skills. Yeah, it's just like, I saw they put this thing, hey guys! And it's like, wow, thanks. And then you get, like, so that's the thing, I don't like Discovery, but I don't hate it. And it's like, my my beef with it is... It's full of fucking space battles and the whole thing is about space battles and shooting each other and it like they god what is that power of math quote that's that's going around 
Oh, I don't know. Where it's like, because in, in like TNG, you get these like long exchanges between like, you, you get like Data and like Jordy talking about the made up pseudoscience and like, oh my God, that would work perfectly and blah, blah, blah. And then in Discovery, you have them say like a bunch of like basic shit and they're like, yeah, the power of math. And it's like, what? What just happened? I think Discovery has some great characters. They have a shitty story. They they have some great characters, and the thing is, they did some shorts, and the shorts were, I don't want to say they were good, but they were on the right track, where it's like, here's a short, and it focuses on this one character and their background and, like, what they were doing, and here's just, like, a random sci-fi adventure with this character, and those feel more refreshing. I feel like they could be better, but I feel like that, like, yes, that is what you need to be going for, but now they, like, brought back Spock, and- Oh, yeah, the- the whole yeah. fucking time time travel ruins all stories. Don't fool yourself. Um, so, I liked it more when Spock wasn't like a real figurehead. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm Spock's sister, kind of. It's like, okay, yeah. cool. Like you have your little fan fiction happening, great. I'm like, oh, but then you dropped in Spock like as a major character season two. You fucked up. You so did it. That okay. So that this here's because you you probably made a bunch of people mad, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. lightning rod some of that away from you by saying. Spock is, like, the most marketable face in Star Trek, and that's why he keeps popping up everywhere. But, like, stacking TNG against the first fucking, like, series, and, like, just objectively looking at, like, here's here's all of Star Trek, here's all the cool shit. Data is, like, an immensely more interesting, cooler version of Spock, and he never gets any goddamn play outside of, like... There was, like, a cool comic. They did a comic explaining, like, how did Spock get through the time hole? And it's like, he actually got help from Starfleet. And it's like, it's like, cause it's years after TNG, you see like, it's, it's captain data. Like he has his own fucking ship and he's like, good for him. Like, it's like, it's him. Jordy LaForge is his own captain. Riker's an admiral. And it's like, they're fucking helping Spock get through the time hole to go save everything. And it's like, it was like a little cool comic, but it's like, I feel like people forget, or they don't know, or they're those people that, like, sort of know what Star Trek is, but not really. Mm-hmm. It's, like, all those people Me? that, like, didn't really watch Star Wars growing up, but then, like, you see R2-D2 in, in fucking Force Awakens, and everyone screams in the audience, because, oh, it's that robot thing that I that I have as a cup at home. And it's, like, Spock is, like, a really recognizable face, but he's not, like, he's a fine character, but he's he's, like, kind of not interesting and kind of shitty Leonard Nimoy is a great dude mm-hmm. he he was he was an awesome awesome figurehead and he brought a lot to the show but also Spock is a lame fucking character and you can't really do much with him and I'm sorry I don't know everything that you could do with Spock you can do better with data <laughs> ah. but but here let's let's just keep bringing Spock back and right. discovery and the movies and then the movies again and then I'm just saying Star Trek can do better you don't have to rely on the same person and fans you don't have to rely on the same character you can like other characters, it's fine. Just because the show tells you that one's marketable, you can like other ones. You you can you can do that. You like yeah. Discovery has its problems, but I, I will say that there's there's fun stuff there. There are cool characters, and I think if they had better writers, like and I get the writers made those characters, so it's like it's a shame. It's it's there's nothing to be done about it. It's just a shame. It's these cool characters going to waste. Season to season, they act differently. It's, uh... I was talking about this with you off-air before about how the colony... The story's kind of meh. The mm-hmm. characters are really good. And so, you know, if you have good enough characters, you can carry a show. 
Yeah. Except that then it gets canceled season three, so don't we, we don't worry about don't use the colony as an example, Alex. Calm down. Oh no. We need we'll do we'll do we should do something about the colony, because that's been on your mind a lot. We should That's I think probably the last of it that I'll ever mention. Oh, oh no. Well, goodbye, colony. We'll talk about the handmaid's tale before we talk about the colony. I really need to start watching that. Like actually watching it, not just yeah. It'll um, yeah. I, I'm curious your thoughts. But hey, you know what we should talk about next? Oh man, we're doing the humanities. We we still have a whole other episode of a show to talk about. I'm gonna be really brief. Is that Are you, okay? Okay. Yeah, you talk as much or as little as you want to. I'm sorry that I took up so much time. No, I like it because Star Trek's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking great. Um, Law and Order was pretty cool too. Remember when I made all those people mad because I told them that Hannibal was bad and they didn't believe me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so Law and Order is. What I like about that genre, oh, it okay. is, yeah, it's, here's some actual police work instead of your fucking Sherlock nonsense, and, <laughs> like, here, here is the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into, like, achieving justice start to end. It's, it's not some fucking, like, messed up pretty boy who, who identifies with serial killers getting shipped with a, with a cannibal man. It's, you know, here, here's some, like, here, here's the case as it unfolds. You get a brief snippet of that. In this case, it was, what was it, Prescription for Death? Is that what the episode was called? I've never it's, seen Law and Order, so I couldn't tell it you. It was called something fucking lame. Um, but yeah, so it's an old 1990 hospital, so it, it looks really shitty and scary and, like, blue lit. And uh, this girl is dying. Her dad is following her and she's like, he's like, hey, what the fuck's going on? I brought her in for a sore throat. And they're like, oh, well, she's dying. So, uh, sir, stand back. We're going to drag you away. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? She had a sore throat. And from the get-go, you, you, look, you look back to the episode title, you look back down to the episode and you're like, oh, one of the doctors killed her. <laughs> and, and then the story unfolds. This guy goes to the police and it's these, like, I don't know their names. I'm going to be up front. This isn't even like I had trouble learning their names. They all say their names once as part of conversation. And there's so many fucking characters in the show. Like, I couldn't even tell you like, oh, guy in the shirt, guy in the jacket. Like, they're just all like dads. They modern day, these guys would be cast as like the boardroom full of like misogynist businessmen like making fun of the idea that the cool lady brings in like the <laughs> these guys are like kind of fat they're kind of old their hair's graying are you saying you that put them in a suit men? yeah okay yeah but in this they're cool guys they're cops they're they feel like detectives like they all used to be beat cops now they're detectives and they're like uh well people die at the hospital all the time and this guy is like, look, I was a Vietnam vet. And they're like, a Vietnam? Okay, we're going to investigate this because you're cool. And that feels like a normal thing that would happen. It feels like that that's the kind of like weird shit that would kind of get done. And then they go, they investigate. There's like a, it's like, and like the, it's, it's an hour long episode. And the first 30 minutes are a front to back cops going in, investigating the crime and talking to people and picking up on things, and the character development comes from them trying to solve it, and a lot of it's like, oh, well, he was drunk, what does that matter? And then one of the guys is like, look, I used to be a drunk, and blah, blah, blah. And then you get, like, really ham-fisted soliloquies about how their personal lives affect their their 
judgment as police officers. And it's cool. It's, again, it's a bit overwritten. It's a bit stale, but it feels honest. Um, it feels like what actual cops would be getting up to and how they would be interacting and how everyone's kind of, some people are smarmy and shitty to each other and some people are just don't have personality. And that's a weird thing to see written in shows, not like monotone or sarcastic characters, but people just like, they're just boards and they're, they're intentionally boards. Like they're just kind of like people that you don't want to fucking hang out with, but it ends up being like, you know, there's some false leads and then they find out, oh, this guy, he, he used whiteout on the records. It could be him. Oh, he did that because he's, he's an immigrant and like, he, he has to be like, here's like a commentary on how this like Pakistani doctor like came here and now he's like, like any misstep if they fire him he goes back home and like be because this is like the point in time where people like had distrust for those kinds of doctors it was like i have to be twice as good as the rest of them to be regarded as as good as them mm -hmm. and it's a really solid line and it's like yeah i used white out on the thing because if i didn't i would have to like admit to these mistakes and that's malpractice and blah 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 and uh he gets in trouble, but he's not the guy. The guy is like the man who runs the hospital, the, the head doctor man, and he was drunk and he just kind of wandered over with a needle and put like the opposite medicine in the bitch's tube. And he was like, oh, that'll do her. Fill up that tank. And there was like a doctor who looked at him and was like, hey, don't we just put in the other medicine? If you mix those things, she'll implode. And the guy is like, oh, I'm drunk. And he walks away. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he just, he kills this girl because they basically wrote her two of, like, they prescribed her twice for two meds that do not work well together. Oh. And so, okay, he's the guy. They bust him. That could be the entire fucking show. Like, by modern standards, it would be. But it's called Law and Order, so we have to get to, to the courtroom. And now, like, halfway through the episode, we completely change cast. The detectives hand it off, but then they're gone. And it's like, okay, now here's the legal team. And here's not just, like, them getting their case ready, but now we have to bring it to the DA's office. And we have to, like, here's all that goes into talking to them. And here's the politics of, like, prosecuting someone in power. And it's like, it doesn't feel easy. Like, the whole thing feels like this is only working because these people know each other and they're sort of pulling favors or they're pulling teeth. Like, this feels... it. It's not all that fun to watch. And I think, I think that changes in later versions of the show. But it feels honest. And then you get to the courtroom and it's everything that goes into them filing a case against this, this criminal and, and how they bring it to fruition and how they deal with the judge and it's not just like big courtroom speeches it's them sitting in offices like connecting notes together and it's them like calling up the detectives again to double check things and it all it's very dramatic but it also kind of feels like a documentary that you'd watch on a and e like it feels sort of like that where it's like they're just doing normal things and you're observing them mm -hmm. and then little bits of character development happen and Again, I didn't feel strongly enough about any of the characters to learn their names, but they were all cool enough for a starting cast, and I think that the cast stays the same. I think it's still these detectives, or it's like a couple teams of the same detectives, um, and then the same legal team, and it's a really, like, I don't know that I have much to say about the episode or its contents, but I will say it's a really good formula for a show, and like, 
I always knew what the formula was, and I never watched Law and Order because it was kind of like I always imagined it was kind of like oh, it's kind of old person's fucking drama show. I want to watch Criminal Minds where they they bust in with their guns and they fight fucking cultists, and I want to watch X Files where there's aliens, and I want to watch Hannibal where the whole thing is fucking stupid and and <laughs> fucking beloved by Reaper mains. I uh. I don't like it just it felt really good and it felt good enough to the point where I want to watch more. I imagine from what I've seen of clips of like Law and Order SVU seems more dramatized and I think that's the point of it being the special victims unit where it's like we're dealing with some messed up shit <laughs> and it's like kind of doing that to pull in the crowd and like NCIS and all these things like they have spin-offs and it's like here's the same show but over here from what I understand, this one is more tame, and it stays more tame, and the other ones are ongoing, and this one is done. This one went for 20 years. The original Law & Order was 1990 to uh, 2010? 2010. It's really highly rated, super highly regarded, and real fucking cool, but I, uh, there's, there's Law & Order Criminal Intent, there's Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and, you know, it... it blends in with every other crime show out there. If you've watched one, you've probably seen them all. But this one, again, feels really true to form. It's not trying to be especially dramatic in any sort of way from what I saw in the first episode. And again, because of that, it's a little boring, but it was also really kind of fulfilling to get through. And it was refreshing after watching all of these, like, because I, I I like a good crime drama. I liked Fargo. Fargo's fucking great. And that's all about weird serial killers and, like, dramatized fucking murder and shit. But it's really refreshing to go back to this and having something done with a lot of a lot of heart and a lot of brain. It just, it's good. I don't know that I'll watch all 20 years of it, but I might go... 456 fucking episodes! You could do that on a weekend. I, I think Dick Wolf gets a lot of shit. A lot of shit for all the spinoffs he has, and it all like every like spinoff has kind of the same formula, right? There's, there's a fucking John Mulaney joke about how much he loves Law and Order and how all these tropes happen. Uh, they they exist for a reason, right? Oh yeah. But but when I did my accidental half show of Law and Order SVU, I was reading a lot of articles about how he himself went and interviewed people who were part of these programs. Oh, it and, shows. <laughs> And, and yeah, and I, the the episode I saw, I was like, oh, wow, they mentioned these things and talk about these things that normally don't get talked about. And that's really cool. And it's not like a, wow, look at me. I know all this stuff. Look at how well I, it's like they, I, they smoothly transition. Like, and it makes sense. Like they would mention, oh, hey, did you bring the victim's rights cards? Oh, yeah, I did. No problem. Yep. Like, it's just, it's good shit. And I used to make fun of, or at least like that internal background, like, haha, Dick Wolf, gotcha. <laughs> I, I think probably more what, where Law & Order suffers is the, like, the CSI shows. I think yeah. CSI saw Law & Order was like, we can do that, but then they made it like super it, campy. It's campy. <laughs> it has more of a soap opera element. Like I could see this whole because you never see their personal lives and a lot of these shows you do. Everything is them in the office and you're only getting bits of their lives at a time. Like You learn like one thing about every character in an episode and it's like a throwaway story that they tell relating to the case. And it's like, I could see that being really fun character development over a long period of time. It's really nice to know that he did a bunch of research because what this feels like compared to other shows is this feels like Law & Order is one of those, like, crime shows meant 
for people with an interest in that field or people in that field. It pays a lot of respect to what they do. It doesn't over-dramatize it. It doesn't blow it out of proportion. Here's the job. And feels really good. I like it. I, I like it a lot. I'm sure that there's a lot of variety as time goes on. And I'm sure there's some episodes that are probably more campy than others, but I think... Oh, I'm sure. Kind of, kind of nodding back if it gets kept. Our Lion King quip about how it has no soul. This yeah. has a lot of soul. This is clearly something he's passionate about. And I won't say an industry, but an occupation he he has a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. At least he seems to. I, I think the thing that people usually knock him for is like, wow, you're profiting off people's misery. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Roger, I hear you. But he seems to pay a lot of respect to the people who are working it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the thing. I think it's profiting off of misery, but it's also because a lot of these crimes are taken from headlines. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these things happened and it's profiting off of those stories, but it also feels like just showing folk who are watching. This is out there. This this stuff that happened and here are the people that have to deal with it. And this is how they would deal with it. And it it's both scary to know that these things can happen, but it's also comforting to know if it does, this is how we will handle it. And it it feels good to me. It kind of like for a murder show, it feels kind of <laughs> wholesome. Like for a murder show, it feels kind of wholesome. I like. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh man, is that it? I think. What else do we have to say? That might be it. Um. Well, audience, thank you for downloading our show. Thank you for sharing it with all your friends, so that way they can be mad with you about how awful I interpreted the next generation and refuse to use any real names and how I, we can't even be mad at spencer you gave it a perfectly good operational unless they want to be mad at us about dick wolf i guess but you did good kid you did good so if uh if you feel chatty join our discord there should be a link in the show notes let us know your thoughts tell us how wrong we are even though we know we're right 